This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us as we talk baseball for the next hour on the radio. And coming up on this week's show, we'll have the news and notes from the week gone by for the Tribe. Tough news early in the week with the announcement of shoulder surgery for Michael Brantley. We'll try and fill you in on on what the prognosis is in terms of his return, but it certainly appears as if he will miss some time early in 2016 we will also fill you in on the award winners in major league baseball from this past week and what's ahead this coming week a big week ahead in terms of award winners in baseball not the least of which is monday night's announcement of the american league rookie of the year that's where the indians have their lone finalist for a major award their fine young shortstop francisco lindor in the mix for american league rookie of the year and uh, that's coming up on Monday, so we'll preview that for you. And we'll also hear from Jim Kelch, radio voice of the Cincinnati Reds, find out what the Reds are up to this season after a very disappointing 2015 campaign. That and more all coming up as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. If you like painting and saving, Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 40% on paints and stains during our four-day super sale, October 16th through the 19th. With 40% off our exceptional paints and stains and 30% off painting supplies, you can give your whole home a color makeover. But hurry, these savings are so super, they won't be around for long. Find your nearest store at sherwinwilliams.com sale. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Are you or is someone you love suffering from sandwich envy? Do you look longingly at other Subway sandwiches and wish they were your own? Not surprisingly, this is a common side effect of the Subway chicken and bacon ranch melt. With tender all-white meat chicken, crispy bacon, moderate cheddar, and cool creamy ranch on freshly baked bread. Fortunately, there is an effective cure for sandwich envy. Get to Subway and grab your own chicken and bacon ranch melt today. It's that simple. Subway. Eat fresh. Warning. While eating chicken and bacon ranch milk, those around you may begin to suffer from their own sandwich envy. Hey, it's Flo. 
know, and this is my impression of a politician. I believe in the people, and their cars, and progressive, and the fact that you, yes, you can plug in Snapshot to save even more money for being a good driver. I also believe in Sasquatch, but more as a joke, but also kind of seriously. Safe drivers save with Snapshot from Progressive. I approve of this message, and Sasquatch, if you are real, you can totally be my running mate. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Snapshot not available in all states. This is Sarah. Hi. Sarah is at the game, but if she buys anything, she'll go below her account's minimum balance and get charged a fee. Uh, so no hot dogs? No. No foam, we're number one finger? Nope. Yuck. Switch to a KeyBank hassle-free account with no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees. Get full details at key.com slash switch now or any KeyBank branch. Member FDIC and banking home of the Indians. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us this weekend. As we talk baseball with you on the radio, don't forget our Twitter address is at Indians Radio if you want to check in, see who the guest list is for each week during the offseason on Tribe Talk and also airtimes at, uh, at Indians Radio. That's our Twitter address, and you can reach us right there. Well, news of the week for the Indians, and it did not start well as earlier this week. The Indians announced a medical update on Michael Brantley. You may remember at the tail end of the season, Brantley was shut down after attempting a diving catch in Minnesota during the last road trip of the season. He landed awkwardly on his right shoulder trying to make that catch and then did not play again the remainder of the year. We talked to Michael about that and whether he would have to have surgery, what the procedure would be to try and get back on the field in time for opening day 2016. And he thought that he would able to uh, be able to rehab that shoulder without surgery. And he did try that for the last month or so. But uh, earlier this week in Wilmington, Delaware, he did undergo arthroscopic right shoulder surgery, as that was deemed the best course of action after he gave it a try and just didn't feel 100%. Dr. Craig Morgan performing that procedure to repair a small tear in the labrum uh, Brantley's non-throwing shoulder, but even though it's the non-throwing shoulder, still a big part of that great sweet swing that Michael Brantley has that put him in third place in the MVP voting a year ago and allowed him to have another fine season. The rehab time before game activity begins expected to be five to six months. So don't look for Michael Brantley to be playing in spring training games, and it could be late April, early May, before he gets on the field in regular season action. So uh, the word from the Indians training staff is that he progressed through a conservative rehab program following the season, including a return to batting practice in mid to late October under the guidance of the sports medicine staff. But those symptoms continued, and as a result of that second opinion consultation with Dr. Morgan, they did perform surgery on Brantley's right shoulder. And again, he will miss somewhere between five and six months, which would put him back toward the end of April, um, maybe early May, somewhere in that time frame if all goes well. And it is expected that Michael Brantley will spend a significant amount of his offseason in Cleveland working with the Indians sports medicine and rehabilitation staff. They do great work with so many. And now Michael Brantley will be under their guidance during the offseason. 
Chris Antonetti, the Indians president of baseball operations, and Mike Chernoff, they've been down at the winter meetings, not the winter meetings, the general managers meetings down in Florida. And uh, Chris checked in in a meeting and a conference call with Indians beat reporters Paul Hoynes of the Plain Dealer and also Jordan Bastion from Indians.com. And they talked about the plans for Brantley, and uh, Chris was addressing whether the Indians' plans in terms of off-season acquisitions will change due to the injury to Michael Brantley. Well, a lot of our focus has been on you know trying to find um, position player alternatives, and we certainly have a very good understanding or developing understanding of the uh, outfield um, corner market. Uh, both on the trade and free agent front, and I expect that you know we'll continue to uh, explore options uh, to help us get better. But uh, I think, irrespective of Michael's injury, that was an area in which we were looking to to try to improve uh, as we went into the winter, and I think we're well positioned to do that. Is, is a situation where I mean, could Almonte play left if needed? You know, in a part-time situation. He could, yeah. A lot of it will depend upon the final configuration of our roster, but we would be comfortable with Abe playing any of the three outfield spots. Is it challenging to have this type of setback as you're planning, considering that you know you know Michael might miss you know part of a month or, or, or one month going to the year where you know, you're not looking to fill a spot for a long period of time? I'm just thankful that you know we. We learned of the injury now, and, and to Michael's credit and our medical staff's credit, they had him ramp up his activity at the end of the season despite his shoulder feeling pretty good just to make sure that it was, uh, you know, in a good spot in the offseason. Um, you know, unfortunately, as he ramped up that activity, he felt some soreness and, um, you know, got it got it evaluated. But the good news is is that we're talking about this on, you know, November, in November, and not talking about this on March 6th. So uh, I'm just thankful that, you know, we caught it at this point and, you know, and, and Michael will have most of the offseason to recover. Chris, do you feel like looking at the market for corner outfielders and, and in the outfield, is there something uh, that, you know, but were you, is there a market where you guys can play in? There are alternatives out there. Again, we'll, we'll, we, we started the dialogue both uh, on free agents and, and trades. We'll continue that dialogue while we're here. The likelihood of an orange is really difficult to, difficult to assess, but I know that's an area where we'll spend quite a bit of time and uh, examining those alternatives and, and trying to improve the kind of group we have in place. That's Indians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti, and uh, he's been laying the groundwork for potential acquisitions during the offseason, one that was made official late this week. Michael Martinez, who was in the Indians organization much of the season at AAA Columbus, a super utility man, so to speak, as he can play most of the infield positions as well as the outfield. He was signed to a minor league contract with a non-roster invite to Major League Camp come this February. And while it may seem like a minor deal, could be significant because the Indians allowed Mike Avilas to elect free agency, and it remains to be seen whether he is back next year. So there would be an opening for that super utility role that Avilas has filled so well the past couple of seasons. And Martinez was impressive down at AAA and in a short stint with the Indians this year. He actually appeared in 16 games with the Tribe, playing a variety of positions both on the infield and the outfield. Ended up hitting two sixty seven with the Indians 
Hit 289 down at Columbus with five homers and 42 driven in. He can steal a base and plays pretty good defense wherever he's been used. So we'll see if he makes his way into the mix as spring training moves along beginning in late February. So that's an update on some of the things that the Indians have been up to this week. When we come back, we'll take a look at some of the award winners throughout Major League Baseball. A lot of announcements this past week with more to come in the week ahead. That's all coming your way next as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. This is Sarah. Hi. Sarah is at the game, but if she buys anything, she'll go below her account's minimum balance and get charged a fee. Uh, so no hot dogs? No. No foam, we're number one finger? Nope. Yuck. Switch to a KeyBank hassle-free account with no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees. Get full details at key.com slash switch now or any KeyBank branch. Member FDIC and banking home of the Indians. You know that little voice in your head that always says this? Don't eat that. You'll regret it in more ways than one. You should hear what it says about the protein-packed Subway Sweet Onion Chicken Teriyaki. Ooh, tender all-white meat teriyaki glazed chicken. Crisp veggies, sweet onion sauce, all on freshly baked bread and under 400 calories. This is better than good. The legendary Sweet Onion Chicken Teriyaki. Sounds great, doesn't it? Subway. Eat fresh. Calories refer to regular 6 subs on wider 9-grain wheat bread prepared to standard formula. See Subway.com for fat-saturated fat, cholesterol, sodium content, and full nutritional info. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Our off-season show is continuing. And in the off-season, early on in the off-season, shortly after the World Series is completed every year, the major awards are announced. And this week, this past week gone by, the Gold Glove Award winners in each league announced, as well as the Silver Slugger Award winners for excellence in hitting at each of the positions. We'll begin on the defensive side with the Gold Glove Award winners in the National League. Behind the plate, Yadier Molina of the Cardinals won his eighth consecutive Gold Glove Award as he continues establishing a standard of excellence that's been unmatched by uh, that position in the National League and Molina of the Cardinals with his eighth straight gold glove. And around the infield in the National League, first base, Paul Goldschmidt of the Diamondbacks, his second gold glove. Second base, D. Gordon of the Miami Marlins wins his first gold glove. Third straight gold glove at third base for Nolan Arenado of the Rockies, as good as they come defensively at the hot corner. And uh, the National League shortstop gold glove award winner, Brandon Crawford of the Giants, winning his first. In the outfield, Starling Marte of the Pirates, one of the three Gold Glove Award winners in the outfield, along with A.J. Pollock of the Diamondbacks and Jason Hayward of the Cardinals. For Pollock and Marte, their first. For Hayward, his second straight and third overall in the pitcher in the National League. For the Gold Glove, Zach Greinke of the Los Angeles Dodgers, his second straight. In the American League, Salvador Perez, the Royals' fine catcher, won his third straight Gold Glove. And then around the infield, he was joined by teammates Eric Hosmer at first base, his third straight, and Alcides Escobar, his shortstop. He won his first gold glove, this fine shortstop for the Kansas City Royals. Rounding out the infield in the American League, Jose Altuve with his first gold glove, the Houston Astros' second baseman, and Manny Machado of the Orioles won his second gold glove. In the outfield, Jonas Cespedes, 
enough time with the Tigers to win his first gold glove. A little controversy there. A lot of folks thought that Alex Gordon should have won it again, even though he missed significant time due to injury. In center field, Kevin Kiermeyer of the Tampa Bay Rays won his first gold glove. He's a highlight reel waiting to happen. And Cole Calhoun of the Angels won his first gold glove as well. In the outfield, Dallas Keuchel on the mound, the American League Cy Young Award winner for pitchers. So there's your Cy, uh, excuse me, your Gold Glove Award winners. I might have got ahead of myself there. Keiko very well could be the Cy Young Award winner in the American League. We'll find out that this week. Now, the Silver Sluggers, that's for excellence at the plate at the various positions. And we'll begin in the American League this time. The Silver Slugger Award for catchers goes to Brian McCann. That was the award that was won by Jan Gomes a season ago. That was the sixth Silver Slugger for McCann. You know it at first base, Miguel Cabrera did it again for the Tigers, his sixth Silver Slugger Award. Altuve uh, did it at second base. Josh Donaldson, the great year for the Blue Jays, won his first Silver Slugger Award at third base. And the shortstop for hitting excellence at his position, Xander Bogarts of the Red Sox, first time he's won that award. And your outfielders, no surprises here, Mike Trout of the Angels, Nelson Cruz of the Mariners, his first Silver Slugger Award, and J.D. Martinez of the Tigers also winning his first. Kendrys Morales of the Royals winning his first as the designated hitter. In the senior circuit, Buster Posey once again, his third Silver Slugger Award, the catcher for the National League for the Giants. Paul Goldschmidt of the Diamondbacks wins the award as well. And at second base, D. Gordon. Third base, Nolan Arenado. Shortstop, Brandon Crawford. And the outfielders, Bryce Harper of the Nationals. Andrew McCutcheon of the Pirates and Carlos Gonzalez of the Rockies, the pitcher, Madison Bumgarner of the San Francisco Giants. So those are the awards that have been handed out in the respective leagues. Now coming up this week, a big week in terms of the major awards, and certainly Tribe fans have all eyes on Monday night's American League Rookie of the Year award voting, and it will come down to the finalists for the Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Year award Carlos Correa of the Astros, Miguel Sano of the Twins, and Francisco Lindor of the Tribe, who made such a great impression after being called up in mid-June. And we'll see if he had enough time to compile some numbers and leave a great impression to overtake Carlos Correa, because certainly ever since Correa was called up, it just seemed he would be a shoe-in. But then Lindor played so well over the season's final three months that he put his name more than in the conversation, and we'll see if it's enough for him to win the award. Over in the National League, Chris Bryant of the Cubs, Matt Duffy of the Giants, and uh, Young Ho Gong of the Pirates are the finalists for the National League side. you got to figure that that is Chris Bryant all the way in, in what should be a lopsided vote, you would think. Then on Tuesday, Manager of the Year awards and the final candidates in the American League, Jeff Bannister of the Rangers, A.J. Hinch of the Astros, and Paul Molitor of the Twins, all three leading teams that were not expected to do much, two to the playoffs, and then the Twins making a nice run before falling short in the end. So that could be a fairly close vote. In the National League, Terry Collins of the Mets, Joe Madden of the Cubs, and Mike Matheny of the Cardinals are your finalists for the Manager of the Year awards to be announced Tuesday night. Now, Wednesday night, it's the Cy Young Awards, and again, these could be pretty close votes. Uh, in the American League, your finalists, Dallas Keuchel of the Astros and David Price, who finished the year with the Blue Jays but started with the Tigers. And uh, not much separating those two. Sonny Gray is also in the mix, the fine 
Oakland Athletics pitcher. In the National League, again, uh, boy, it's some tough voting here. You have to feel Zach Greinke of the Dodgers is the favorite, but Jake Arrieta certainly was outstanding, especially in the second half, as dominant as they come. And Clayton Kershaw is in the mix, too, of the Dodgers. So that's Wednesday night. And then Thursday night, the Most Valuable Player Awards. And your finalists in the American League, Josh Donaldson has to be considered the favorite. Also in the voting, Mike Trout and Lorenzo Cain. And in the National League, Paul Goldschmidt of the Diamondbacks, Bryce Harper of the Nationals, and Joey Votto of the Reds are your finalists. You have to feel numbers-wise alone, Bryce Harper has to be the favorite for the National League Most Valuable Player Awards. And we want to finish up with an award that took place on Friday night in downtown Cleveland. The Press Club of Cleveland inducted into their Journalism Hall of Fame quite a few, including... Our own voice of the tribe by broadcast partner, Tom Hamilton, 26 years as the voice of the Cleveland Indians. And uh, as so many of you let us know on a regular basis how much you appreciate the work that Tom does, the folks at the Press Club of Cleveland also did so on Friday night, inducting him into the Journalism Hall of Fame. A great event down at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel over there at uh, Tower City downtown and uh, just a great night and uh, we thought you know what they put Tom in the press club of Cleveland Journalism Hall of Fame why not relive some of his great moments and great calls from this past season gone by Michael Brantley two for five leads the American League with 35 doubles the pitch a swing and a shot to first off the glove of Teixeira ricochets into right Ramirez will try to score the throw by Young to the plate not in time. The Indians win it. Drive with the two-run lead. Two-out, a runner on the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He elevated the fastball, and Kluber gets his 13th strikeout in seven innings of work, and he gets the most dangerous man in the league in Nelson Cruz. Wow, that was impressive. The set by Tomlin. The pitch. Swing and a liner to short. Diving backhanded smother job by Lindor to second one. Relay by Ramirez. He got him. Oh, my goodness. Lindor on a smash to short with a diving backhanded grab in the hole and started an incredible double play to end the inning. Well, folks, the Indians haven't had play on the left side of the infield like this since the days of Omar Vizquel and Travis Fryman. Wow. Nobody out. Tribe up 4-3 to three in the eighth. Infield in. The pitch. A swing and a drive to deep center field. Away back. Goal. How about that? A grand slam to dead center. Jan Gomes breaks it wide open. And the Indians with a five spot in the eighth against one of the best setup men in the game. Eight to three Indians. The fans demanding a curtain call. And those great calls in honor of Tom's induction Tom Hamilton's induction into the Press Club of Cleveland Journalism Hall of Fame. It took place on Friday night down at uh, the Ritz-Carlton in downtown Cleveland. And as always, thanks to Brian Matze for putting those highlights together 
the very best of uh, this past season gone by from Tom Hamilton. Stay tuned. More to come is uh, we'll take a look around baseball from time to time on our show about what different teams are up to. And uh, the Cincinnati Reds had a very disappointing season this year gone by, losing 98 games. So what do they do to turn things around? We'll talk to one of their broadcasters, Jim Kelch, coming up after this on the Indians Radio Network. To those who say, just as the sun rises in the east, so too must breakfast be enjoyed in the morning. McDonald's now says... Yeah, we don't really agree with that. Introducing McDonald's new all-day breakfast menu. Now you can get fluffy hotcakes, hash browns, and other delectable tastes day and night. It's time to start enjoying the breakfast you love anytime you wish. Breakfast items vary by location. Deliciousness doesn't. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a geographically challenged rock band delivering a commencement speech. Hello, graduates! Here's a song called Adulthood is Scary, but Progressive is Snapshot. Plug it in and save money for being a safe driver. Let me hear you, Cleveland! I mean, Kansas City! Uh, New York? Safe driver safe with Snapshot from Progressive. Now you're wearing a stupid hat. Congrats! No, but really, where are we? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Snapshot not available in all states. This is Sarah. Hi. Sarah is at the game, but if she buys anything, she'll go below her account's minimum balance and get charged a fee. Uh, so no hot dogs? No. No foam we're number one finger? Nope. Yuck. Switch to a KeyBank hassle-free account with no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees. Get full details at key.com slash switch now or any KeyBank branch. Member FDIC and Banking Home of the Indians. If you like painting and saving, ask Sherwin-Williams and save 40% on paints and stains during our four-day super sale, October 16th through the 19th. With 40% off our exceptional paints and stains and 30% off painting supplies, you can give your whole home a color makeover. But hurry, these savings are so super, they won't be around for long. Find your nearest store at sherwinwilliams.com sale. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. We continue with our off-season shows, and from time to time we'll take a look around baseball at some of the teams that the Indians will be playing in the upcoming season 2016 and their rivals in interleague play. Our neighbors to the south, the Cincinnati Reds, a lot of changes for the Reds expected this offseason, and we are joined now by Jim Kelch, one of the broadcasters for the Reds. And, uh, Jim, what a, a disappointing season 2015 turned out to be. And when we saw you in spring training out in Goodyear with the, the team sharing a complex, uh, a lot of optimism for Cincinnati. But, boy, it seemed like things really came apart quickly for the Reds. Yeah, they did. Entering the, uh, entering the 2015 season, Jim, I think both of our clubs that share the Goodyear complex thought that postseason was in their future. I mean, goodness sakes, the uh, the people at Sports Illustrated picked the Indians to win the World Series. And there was a lot of folks who said, hey, the Reds are going to challenge the Cardinals to, uh, to be the top team in the National League Central Division. But coming out of spring training, some early injuries, one to Devin Mezzarocco behind the plate and another to Homer Bailey uh, as far as the pitching staff is concerned. And they never really recovered from those things, and it really just got worse with different injuries. And, and and I know people will say, and it's true, all teams have injuries. But the difference 
between all teams having injuries is if you have the people to back them up to come up and replace them. The Cardinals had as many injuries as the Reds did, but they were able to bring up some guys who just did a wonderful job. And unfortunately, the depth of the Reds organization wasn't such that it was able to recover from those early injuries and then injuries that mounted after that. And uh, unfortunately, uh, it ended up in a 98-loss season. And, of course, one of the things for a team that has a disappointing season, can you make the most of it and prepare for the seasons ahead? And and I know a lot of people thought the Reds might do more in and around the trade deadline to, to move different players. They did move Johnny Cueto, but uh, do you think they did enough then, and, and do you still see some things happening this offseason with some key veterans that might be moved for younger players? Yeah, in the moving of, uh, of Cueto and Leak, and then ultimately after that Marlon Bird, I think the team was able to uh, start the process which will continue this winter. So, yeah, the answer to your question is is yes. In fact, Walt Jockety has said at the general manager's meetings this past week that any and everybody really uh, is up for grabs, including the likes of Brandon Phillips and Joey Votto. Now, those two are the most unlikely to be traded because of full no-trade uh, contracts uh, in terms of uh, Votto that's in his deal. In terms of Phillips, he's a 10-5 guy, meaning he has to approve a trade. And uh, but but what they have said, and our new GM Dick Williams both have stated, is that everybody and everybody uh, is negotiable. If somebody is interested in them, and then already this week we saw uh, a story by Ken Rosenthal that maybe the Reds and the Diamondbacks are interested in flipping their second baseman. But the Reds are going to do what they need to do: a to maybe slash some payroll, and b to start to build for the future. In going into 2015, the team had high hopes that they could get into the postseason. In going into 2016, I think they are saying, in fact, they are saying that this is going to be a rebuilding year. It's going to be a lean year. They aren't predicting postseason play in 2016. Jim Kelch joining us, Reds broadcaster, talking about the offseason for Cincinnati. You mentioned anybody and everybody could be available. Araldis Chapman seems to be a name that, that pops up a lot because of the position that he plays, a, a top-flight closer might not be necessary for a team if indeed they, they are rebuilding. Uh, does that make it more than likely that, that he would be moved in the right spot? In my opinion, it does, Jim. Uh, I just don't uh, see the reason to have a guy like Chapman in that position, making the money that he'll make, when you aren't going to be a team that is, by its own admission, probably going to be involved in postseason play in 2016 and as the season wound down last year and the club lost the 13 games in a row and what 14 of the last 15 games and Chapman didn't pitch in save situations in area at all and really over the course of the last six weeks when the team was was not playing well and he didn't pitch well and every now and then you see a story come out of somebody would mention the fact that here you have arguably one of the best arms in the game and he's never pitching he's never pitching and you just wonder, yes, he is one of the best closers in the game, but shouldn't he be in a position where, where he is pitching more than 60 or 70 innings a year? Shouldn't that be a triple figure? You know, shouldn't it be 210 innings for him as a starter? And, and maybe the Reds in the past made a mistake in that and uh, at the time needed him as a closer. It wouldn't shock me if someone tries to make him, if they acquire him in a trade, into a starter in the future. He has such electric stuff. But, yeah, I think that Chapman is a prime candidate to go. I think Jay Bruce is, a, is probably a candidate to go. They're both 
free agents after the 16 season. And uh, we've actually heard a lot uh, lately about the fact that if a team is interested in Todd Frazier, who has two more years until free agency, that he would be a guy that could go because they're really trying to stockpile younger players that are under their control for multiple, multiple years in order to get back into an elite group in that uh, NL Central. I think it was a surprise to many outside of Cincinnati that Brian Price is back in the manager's office for the Reds. Was that a surprise to you considering everything that happened last season? You know, in some ways, yes, but probably most of all, no, simply because Brian has one year left on his contract. The team has stated, as we just talked about, that they're going to be building and not really as competitive next year as they probably hoped they would be. So what would be the point of paying a manager, in this case Brian Price, who certainly uh, was at fault to a certain degree last year, but not all his fault. I mean, the guy didn't do a terrible job managing this ball club. Why would you pay him and then bring somebody else in and also pay them, knowing that you're not going to compete for uh, the Central Division title and more likely than not a postseason spot? So I think it's as much financial as it is anything else. He has a year left on his contract. Let's pay one manager and not two. You look ahead and, and you talk about the season to come, and I think any team in the position that the Reds are in, they like to know that there's some good young talent coming. What What is it uh, in the farm system that has the Reds encouraged that, that there's some young players on the way? Well, the encouraging factor for the Reds is the fact that they acquired uh, the pitching uh, not only from Kansas City in the Johnny Cueto deal, they got a young arm from San Francisco in the um, in the deal with Mike Leake. And then the, the ones that they have cultivated over the last three or four years, led by Robert Stevenson, who was their number one pick, Nick Travieso, who was a guy who was a number one pick a number of years ago, who was slowly making his way up, uh, the former college basketball player, the left-hander Amir Garrett, who is, uh, had a very good year last year in high A. And so all of a sudden these guys are going to be a double-A slash triple-A next year. So a stockpile of guys that they acquired in the trades last year and then a stockpile of young arms that they have in the system that have been uh, cultivated for the last number of years. And I don't want to leave out uh, a former number one pick out of Virginia, Nick Howard, who was a closer for those uh, uh, Virginia teams in the World Series, a college World Series a couple of years ago. That is a rising star, too, in the Reds organization. So they feel like they're young pitching both from a starting standpoint and a relief standpoint, is there to be had. So what they need now really is to get some everyday players. They have a few, but they are admittedly thin in the everyday prospect department as opposed to the pitching. But the pitching that they have is what makes them optimistic that they can turn things around in a couple of years. And the division they are in may make it tough to do so. All of a sudden, the National League Central is, uh, you could argue, the best division in baseball with the, the Pirates, the Cubs, and, of course, the Cardinals, uh, all three making the playoffs this season. And is there that acknowledgement that, that the Reds not only will have to, to rebuild but do it in a very more than, more than positive way to, to really compete with those teams that are all young and, and playing very good baseball right now? Oh, definitely, Jim. I mean, every every comment that these guys make, Walt Jockety, Dick Williams, uh, Bob Castellini and the like, uh, admit to the fact that the, the division is one of the best. I mean, the Cardinals uh, have been very good for a long time. The Cubs have done what 
the Reds and the Brewers look at and say, you know what, that's ideally what we'd like to do, get these young players, uh, get them experience, get them to the big leagues, and make an impact. The Pirates are probably in the middle to the backside of that same process. I mean, goodness sakes, the Pirates went, what, 21 years without ever being above the 500 mark, and now they've gone to the postseason three years in a row and still have uh, a core of very good and talented uh, everyday players. They're kind of the opposite of the Reds. Their everyday players are their strength. Their pitching is, uh, while it is good, is not as deep as the Reds organization. And then you've got the Brewers, who, like the Reds, had a, a disappointing season in 2015, hired a new general manager, and are taking a new approach to things down there. So you, you're certainly going to have to look at them down the road, too, because they, like the Reds, are looking to rebuild and rebuild in a hurry. Jim Kelch joining us, Cincinnati Reds broadcaster. And uh, Jim, will close with this. Uh, kind of an odd season in Cincinnati from a baseball fan standpoint. And, and Cincinnati, always a good baseball town. They had the All-Star game and everything that went along with it excitement-wise this summer, but a disappointing season for their team. Uh, kind of an odd year from a fan standpoint for the folks in Cincinnati? I think there's no doubt about it, Jim, because they sold a bunch of season tickets because of the All-Star game. And the All-Star game, the All-Star week, all the festivities and activities that went on regarding the All-Star game, people are still talking about in town how much fun they had going to whatever event they went to, whether it had been Fan Fest downtown, whether it had been the Home Run Derby, which Todd Frazier, of course, from the Reds won, whether it had been the game itself, and just the, the, uh, the way that the whole city uh, came together to show off Cincinnati so we, what we thought was so well during that week of all-star activity. And they're still buzzing about that. But the reality is now that that is behind them and uh, the season ticket sales could conceivably drop off. Uh, you know, there were those who were saying, you've got to make a managerial change and bring in a Barry Larkin or someone of that nature so uh, the marketing people have something to hang their hat on during the winter. Well, that, that all sounds good until opening day begins. And then, and then you look at it and say, was this really the right thing to do? It may have been the right thing to do for the winter, but maybe not the right thing to do for the baseball season. And so from a red standpoint, I'm glad they didn't uh, make that quick knee-jerk move and uh, are going to go forward the way they are. There's only one. I mean, we, we all, we all and I say we, all teams across baseball have, have uh, moved from just marketing the game to the experience of coming to the ballpark so if the game doesn't go well, you still had a good time at the ballpark. But there's only one true marketing way to get fans to come night in and night out, and that's winning baseball. And that's really what all these teams are trying to do, and the Reds are no different. Jim, thanks so much for the update. Enjoy the wintertime in Cincinnati, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you out in Goodyear at spring training. Yes, indeed, Jim. Thank you very much. Jim Kelch, Reds broadcaster, bringing us up to date on uh, the Indians' Interleague rival, a couple of times each summer they play each other, one in each ballpark, the Cincinnati Reds. Stay tuned. We'll have more of Tribe Talk after this on the Indians Radio Network. Are you or is someone you love suffering from sandwich envy? Do you look longingly at other Subway sandwiches and wish they were your own? Not surprisingly, this is a common side effect of the Subway chicken and bacon ranch melt. With tender all-white meat chicken, crispy bacon, Monterey cheddar, and cool creamy ranch on freshly baked bread. Fortunately, there is an effective cure for sandwich envy. Get to Subway and grab your own chicken and bacon ranch milk today. It's that simple. Subway. Eat fresh. Warning. While eating chicken and bacon ranch milk, those around you may begin to suffer from their own sandwich envy. If you like painting and saving, 
Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 40% on paints and stains during our four-day super sale, October 16th through the 19th. With 40% off our exceptional paints and stains and 30% off painting supplies, you can give your whole home a color makeover. But hurry, these savings are so super, they won't be around for long. Find your nearest store at SherwinWilliams.com slash sale. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Our final segment of this week's show, and as we'll do from time to time, we'll check in with Indians Vice President Bob DiBiasio throughout the year, recording some great interviews with Tribe players from the past. And uh, let's check in, see what Bobby D has this week with another Tribe tale. It's time for another Tribe Tale with Bob DiBiasio. Joining me now in this edition of Tribe Tales is one of the greatest gentlemen in the history of the game of baseball, Mr. Chuck Tanner. Chuck, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's my honor, Bob. Anything you need, I'm always in your corner because I can handle you in basketball. <laughs> you won't let me forget that, sir. <laughs> we'll have to tell the audience about that one in yeah, a moment. We'll tell them later. Yeah. Um, what do you remember about the start of your baseball career being drafted oh. by the Boston Braves? Okay, Fuzz, I left home when I was 17, and finally as time went on, I uh, – was in spring training with the Milwaukee Braves, and the first at bat, first pitch I ever saw in the big leagues, opening day, I hit a home run off of Jerry Staley to beat to help beat him. Hank Aaron knocked in a winning run. Uh, you thought the game was easy then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, Doc Crandall told me it's, it's not this easy, Chuck. <laughs> uh, you played eight seasons in the big leagues, uh, including two. Uh, in an Indians uniform, 1959-1960. Yeah. What do you remember about your days in Cleveland? Oh, they were great. Well, I'll tell you, I was there when Jimmy Dykes was traded for Joe Gordon. I was there when uh, we got uh, Vito for Harvey Keen. And uh, there was always something going on with Frank Lane. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed being oh I, I was thrilled because I was home. So you were you were actually on the team when they traded managers, just so our fans know that yeah. uh, the first time it ever happened in the history of baseball, two managers were traded for one another. 1960, it was uh, uh, Jimmy Dykes uh, comes over from Detroit to manage the Indians, and Joe Gordon, the legendary Joe Gordon who helped the Indians win a pennant, uh, was shipped to Detroit. Um, so yeah. you were actually a member of the team when that happened, and that's pretty ironic because... Later in your career, you're a manager in <laughs> Oakland, and Charlie Finley <laughs> trades you as a manager to Pittsburgh. He traded me for Manny Sangian and $100,000. Who are some of the players that you manage that are on your Hall of Fame? Wow. Willie Stargell, Raleigh Fingers was there. McCovey was with me at Oakland. Uh, I had a lot of guys that were stars you know yep yep and uh that's how i got 1351 wins well and that's all yeah. because of the the positive attitude and the way you treat people and i and i wish we had more time to talk chuck but our time is up and i want people to know though that 
I had the pleasure of working for you during my one year away from the Cleveland Indians when I was the PR man for the Atlanta Braves, and you were the skipper back in 1987. And and I cannot thank you enough for the way you treated me as the new kid on the block. Oh, it was one you of were my friend. <laughs> yeah, it was one of my most memorable seasons in my 32 years now in the game. And you know, the- I'm, so very glad our paths were able to cross. Yeah. It was great catching up with you, sir. And on behalf of Indians fans everywhere, we wish you and yours the very best. Yeah, God bless you. And I love the Indians. Chuck Tanner, our latest Tribe Tale. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us as always as we talk baseball with you. Kind of get you through the winter time with no on field baseball talk, but uh, certainly as things break and and uh, new players are acquired for the Indians. We'll do our best to, to make sure you can meet them before the season begins and keep you up to date on any of the news throughout Major League Baseball as well. So until next week, when we join you again with another edition of Tribe Talk, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. been listening to tribe talk presented by progressive making it easy to bundle home and car insurance brought to you by subway where winners eat 